the e-com world to me is now entering a phase where it's becoming a more regular industry, right? It's less novel and now more regular. You need to get the mechanics of the business right and make sure everything's buttoned up. The low-hanging fruit gold rush era is, is over and now it's more about building good businesses. And I think the long-term trajectory of people buying more things online, the trajectory of that is still good. But the industry is a little more established. Listen to your customer, find opportunities. You have to develop, make good products. You need to make sure your margins are in a good place. Now it's a little bit more about running a good business as you would in any other industry. This is Nigel Thomas. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the Ecom Alphas podcast. The second part of the conversation that I had with David from Oliver's Apparel, I actually started talking about wholesale and the opportunities there. You know, David didn't realize until a few years into his journey, the huge opportunity that wholesale presents. And I feel like a lot of direct-to-consumer founders also have this. And it's becoming even more evident now with the looming recession, the fact, you know, ad costs and these platforms, the attention so much more expensive that DTC brands need to see the opportunity of wholesale and understand the process because it's completely different, but it's a much bigger market. So we talked about that. We talked about different third-party plugins and we talked about with iOS 14, some other strategies. Now, obviously all the data attribution, like I said, the ad costs have skyrocketed and then just seeing everything from a macro perspective. But then one other thing is he now looks at things in shorter time frames instead of always looking at the real big picture. And that's really helped him focus. So that's a little bit on mindset and then just his advice on taking risks. All round, a fantastic part to this episode. I think you'll learn a lot, especially if you're growing a direct to consumer brand. So listen in. If you do enjoy it, please share it with a friend. Really appreciate that. Take notes. Let's go. Let's talk about wholesale, if you don't mind. So when did you start realizing that this was a huge opportunity? And then, yeah, what has that path and journey looked like? And obviously curious to hear your initiatives and going into the end of this year and into next year for wholesale. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, by the way, the split right now, it's about 85% DTC and 15% wholesale, right? Yeah, that's about right. I mean, initially... So there's been a couple of things going on there. Well, one, there is a few retailers that just started to come to us because they'd come across our brand and whatever, you know, whatever fashion they came across and started to come to us. So we had some inbound interest and this has been going on for the last couple of years. In addition to that, there's now a number of these platforms you might be aware of kind of like essentially third-party plugins where, brand, where retailers can put our stuff on their site, but not actually have to carry the inventory and we drop ship it for them essentially. So we're shipping goods to direct to consumers, but from you know, call it like a department store's website is where the cons- consumer's placing the order. So we started getting inbound interest from some of these c- companies that were starting to make it, a, you know, make a push into that kind of third-party dropshipping model. And so that kind of got us introduced to some of these retailers and the retailers introduced to us. And, you know, we developed, you know, some accounts that way, both through the dropshipping model and then just through direct retailers reaching out to us. Um, and then I'd say about a year and a half ago, with iOS 14 and with, you know, the, the, the market changing there, we kind of just determined that we'd start to look at that channel more seriously. And we've started to do so. I mean, we've been managing it internally so far, but we're in the process of interviewing it. We'll, we'll bring on a showroom and potentially build out more of like, you know, in the wholesale business, guys, typically the, the model is typically like we have a show, start with a showroom, 
they bring you business. And then as the kind of that part of the business grows, you might start hiring independent sales reps. So we're starting with the showroom route right now. Like we're managing a number of accounts that have come to us directly currently, but we're going to kind of pass that off to a showroom and have them bring in additional accounts for us. And we'll go from there, kind of take it one step at a time. You know, I think if the program grows, it's the kind of thing we might build out a, you know, a sales rep team, you know, a team of reps internally or, or independent. And we're really making a push in, uh, in a few, in a few call it verticals, um, kind of high end fitness, sporting goods stores being one resorts being another one kind of higher end resorts being, being a second one, and then call it more just contemporary men's stores being the third. And we'll be pushing, you know, we'll mainly focus on kind of small to medium size accounts. So we're not so much focused on big departments, we're just going to focus on kind of the long tail of small to medium size accounts, at least initially. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, very interesting. And I guess the only thing is obviously you do have to put the work in and it's a bit of a long slog. There's the uncertainty there. It's yep. hard on that side of things, but obviously it yep. could really pay off. So in terms of that split, 85-15, with, I don't know, let's just say this time next year, going into Q4 of 2023, then what do you see that potentially changing to? I'm sure, like, obviously it's going to get more 50-50, right? Yeah, I don't picture it getting 50-50 in the, in the next, call it, two years. Okay. But, yeah, and it's actually right now, it might be closer to, I'm just thinking about it out loud, it might be closer to 90-10. But... I think we'll just see how it goes. You know what I mean? Like kind of, we'll kind of let the demand signals indicate, you know, where we should be pushing in a certain sense, you know, like if that channel is doing really well, like who are we to stop it, so to speak, you know, and, and if it's not, well, you know, we'll adjust accordingly, but we'll kind of let the demand signals dictate how we're going to approach that ultimately. That's fair enough. Once, uh, I can't remember it was our last conversation, you told me that you used to obviously think out the whole big picture, you know, your why and the big mission. Mm-hmm. And now you've kind of changed your approach and you mm-hmm. look at much more short term cycles. And with, you know, the current economy and the way things are at, David, mm-hmm. I think this might actually be good advice for a lot of entrepreneurs out there. Not only people running direct to consumer brands, mm-hmm. but could you just talk to me a little bit about that in terms of just focusing in those shorter three to six months timeframes and how you came to you know, start thinking like that and maybe what the decisions were. Mm, yeah. You know, there's like the Mike Tyson quote, everyone's got a plan and then you get hit in the face kind of thing. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. And, you know, I'm a believer that having a, I call it vision and a mission statement is a good thing, right? Like I'm having an overarching, overarching direction you're heading towards is a good thing. But I think in moving towards that direction, like you, I, fi- I found both in personally and professionally, like you receive new information from the world and like, and you need to update your map as that new information comes in. And the idea of getting, being married to some 10 year vision, I I have not found to be particularly helpful Uh, aside from like having a loose 10 year vision. So I've found that like, I don't know, when you kind of hit up, you you bump up against the world, like you get new information back and sometimes it's what you expect. And often it's not more, more often than not, it's not, especially when you're going into call it territory that you haven't been in before. So I think it's much more important to like, call it, stay awake to what's going on, follow, you know, I would say like, follow your, my approach has been like, follow my attention from a personal perspective. And then from a business perspective, like follow the demand signals. And so like, you know, just stay awake to what's going on. And I think through that perspective, it's much more, it's been much more about like, you know, kind of bigger term, call it goal and vision, but shorter term processes that you're kind of staying awake to. And that's much more important to, to, Stay awake to the demand signal, stay awake to what's going on and be able to move whichever direction you need to, because 
things don't unfold as you expect. And it's more important in my experience to stay flexible to the uncertainty, be able to move than it is to like get married to a 10 year, a 10 year dream vision for whatever. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I do believe though, like you said, and agree that direction is just so key to everything. I mean, yeah, especially when you start to hire people, it's just yeah. so many people don't have direction as well. It's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Yes, I agree. You do need direction for sure, but you need to be willing to change that direction as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you need to be adaptable. Something again, I think this is from your site, and I'm actually going to tie in something I saw the other day, which isn't to do really with e-commerce, but I think the principle is quite interesting. So I was just looking back over the last kind of hundred years at the S and P 500, mm. and if you basically invested over the last hundred years, but even on thirty-year cycles, just left it and invested back every single year. Reinvested mm-hmm. your dividends and obviously this tax aside, but you would literally have got a 10% return over mm-hmm. that entire 100 year span. Mm-hmm. Now, something that I saw, I think, was if you ignore history, it'll ignore you. Mm-hmm. So, with the current environment, the way things are at, and I know it's the whole crystal ball question for you, David, but what can we learn from history that maybe we can apply those principles to where things are at now? And what will it be? that will get brands through this period mm. so they're out there on the other side and they take advantage of opportunities where others will obviously fall short and have to close their business? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good question. I think the e-com world to me is now entering a phase where it's becoming more a more regular industry, right? It's less novel and now more regular, which kind of touches on some of the points you were talking about earlier as it related to like, you need to get the mechanics of the business right and make sure everything's buttoned up. So in a sense, like, the gold, like the kind of the low hanging fruit gold rush era is, is over. And now it's more about building good businesses, like as you would in, in any other industry, I think. And I think the long-term trajectory of people buying more things online is still like that. That's still, you know, the trajectory of that is still good, but the industry is a little more established. And now it's a little bit more about running a good business as you would in any other, in any other industry to a certain extent. So it's maybe a little, like a little bit of the the sheen is off the star, so to speak. And now it's like, listen to your customer. Like you got to, you know, find opportunities. You got to develop, make good products. You need to uh, make sure your margins are in a good place. You need to like, you need to build a good business as you would in any other space. And I think that the overall kind of macroeconomic environment for e-com is still, the trajectory is still good, but the gold rush era is kind of over. And, and I think you need to treat, you know, almost treat an e-com business as you would any, like, like a traditional brick and mortar bit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how would you think about if you were going to start a, uh, I don't know, a furniture making business and just pretend it's not online and like, think about the mechanics that way or a kitchen appliance business and just pretend it's not online. And then you can take advantage of the, you can take advantage of some of the benefits that the online marketplace provides, but like, it's now like a regular industry sort of. So I would think about it as you would think about any business to a certain extent. I was going to say the first thing I'd do before you mentioned don't think online is get a Shopify site now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you do make a good point. Interest or a strange question maybe to ask you, are you as passionate about this business as you are when you started? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think as with anything in life, like you get, you know, for me starting the business was a first time, I was a first time founder, first time in the space. So like there's a little bit of that like, mutual naivete that kind of works into your advantage. I hadn't been scarred by any of, the, any of the battles. Exactly. So like, so I'm a little hardened from that, but I think, you know, my eyes are more open and I think my eyes are more open is a good thing. You know what I mean? Like there's a certain 
price you pay to kind of pass through that pass through that channel of losing that naivete. But I think it's for the best, all things considered. So, you know, I'm still curious about it and I'm still enjoying the challenges. And I think the passion, like, you know, again, it's a different faith. It's not the zero to one passion. It's more of like a, um, it's just a different phase. So it's not, I've definitely lost a little of the like youthful naivete, but still have to call it curiosity driven passion, so to speak. And a little bit of that. Yeah, I guess that's the best way to describe it. And you talked about the price you have to pay there. So mm. again, thinking about other brand owners who might be a little bit in that phase, maybe they're mm. a little bit delusional for a good thing, taking risks. Yeah. What prices did you have to pay? Maybe less than shared apart from the one we talked about, the Facebook ads that you, you might look back and, you know, you're speaking to your younger self kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because there's an element like, and a lot of people I speak to say, there, there's an element of like, if you knew what you had to go through to, to get it off the ground and going, you wouldn't Oh yeah, I always say that. Like, yeah. I always say that. So, it's so, there, so true. So there is some benefit to that naivete that like, once, okay, we'll once you've done it then. once, you don't have it anymore, you know? So I wouldn't want to, but I wouldn't want to stop like, I wouldn't want to stop a younger person from taking a risk and going after something they really believed expensive. in. You know, like I do think I am of the belief that risk and reward are highly correlated and I wouldn't want to tell someone not to take a risk. But at the same time, if, you know, knowing what I know now, like would I have done it over again? It's tough to say because there's just, you know, like you said, it's a lot more than you can imagine kind of going into it. So I think my um, advice to my younger self or to anyone who's thinking about starting is like, make sure you're you're invested in the idea of doing that, working on this for a while. And it's not like I would kind of steer clear of call it get rich quick schemes. I would steer clear of like going into something thinking you can get rich quick. I think you want to make sure you're, it's a problem you want to be working on for like 10 years. Otherwise I wouldn't recommend doing it, but I would encourage if someone wants to take a big risk, like I would encourage them to do so like prudently, but like, I think taking risks is a good thing and a healthy thing. And like, there's a lot of growth that comes from that. You've got two years, it was 2014 when you founded the company until 2024. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully I can make uh, it. Yeah, you'll be good. Is there anything else that you want to share with the audience? And mm. if there's not, then of course we'll talk about where people can find you and the brands and what you're doing. Mm. No, I think I covered it. Yeah, I think I covered it. I think, um, you know, I guess back to the last point, if I would encourage someone if they want to take a risk and to pay attention to the things that they find compelling and interesting and, you know, let their call it a, let their interest and intuition and attention pull them forward and and build from that perspective, not build from the perspective of thinking you're going to come up with a really clever idea or thinking you can come up with a get rich screen. You know what I mean? Like use your your intuition and and attention and interest to guide you and build the kind of thing that that you would want to be a customer for and that you want to see in the world and and, and use that as a a marker more so than uh, your cleverness or your uh, get rich quick scheme as a guide. Yeah. It's interesting because obviously our thoughts just then, if you just stuck, I mean, to be fair, you do actually need cash. You need to take some risk. But if you had the cash or some level of cash and you had the idea of the compound interest and you invested for 40 years in the S&P 500, mm. you'd make a pretty damn good return. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who wants to wait 40 years? Like That's not a sexy idea to sell, is it? So you see all these other things popping up and it's interesting. Yeah. Well, also, people, you know, people need to, people are like, even if you gave everyone unlimited money and they could just sit around and not do anything like people would you know that's a story as old as time like people would pull their hair out it's like people need people need a challenge to undertake and a battle to fight and like people need something worth fighting for yeah exactly it's in our nature so like 
I think the idea of, yeah, well, if I just gave you enough money that you could sit around and not do anything, like in a few weeks, you'd be spending that money just to like, you'd be blowing that money just because you'd be pulling your hair out. You know what I mean? The idea that like... But isn't that what retirement's meant to be? I think retirement's meant to be, well, I don't know that you should ever fully retire. You know what I mean? I guess it depends how you define retirement. The idea that like... I'm talking about what the common man or woman thinks. Yeah. Like, well, what's what's generally the majority say? I mean, it's usually your retirement funds, obviously, yes. and then you can sail off into the sunset and have, you know, really enjoy your life, which I, by the way, I don't subscribe to at all, but yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I think there's probably some merit to that, although I don't know how much, but I guess some merit to like, hey, if you've been working hard for 50 years and now, and it's kind of like, I'm going to spend that time doing other things, you know what I mean? And spend that time with grandchildren or pursuing other hobbies that I never got a chance to pursue or something like that. But like, I don't know, I'm like you, I don't know. The idea that retiring, if that you're not going to be working on anything anymore, that I wouldn't last very long doing that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Regardless, regardless of how much money I had or didn't have, like, I think it's not merely a matter of, you know, it's like man can't live on bread alone. You know what I mean? It's not merely, it's not merely like financial means that drives people to, to be working. Yeah. My personal determinant of that success of retirement would be I work because I want to work, not because I have to work. And I think that for me would be good enough in itself. Mm-hmm. And maybe you have to work, no matter, maybe you do have to work no matter what, right? That's yeah, but that's the thing. But here's the other thing with that quote behind me on the wall, Theodore yeah. Roosevelt, it's not the critic who counts. And like you said, for any entrepreneurs getting their started, who's getting started, you know, if you fail, but fail by daring greatly, that's something to be really proud of. And again, like you're, you're of a very small few, you know, people like yourself, David, who are out there putting in the, that blood, sweat and tears. And I think that is something that, you know, you talk about the challenge, the struggle, when you get to the end of your life and you look back, you can, you, you'll never regret those decisions. I hope so as well. I'm so where you. can people find more about the brand? Where can people find more about all of us? Yeah, so online, oliversapparel.com. That's our website. That's the best place to find us. Yeah, all of our products there. You can sign up for our emails. We're on social channels at Oliver's Apparel as well. Yeah. No, I got you doing those TikTok dances yet, David? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so you never know. Might be another yeah. initiative for you. But look, an absolute, an absolute pleasure having you on here today. I'm curious to hear how everything pans out, wholesale, the affiliate, and all the other things you're doing. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and knowledge. And yeah, you know, it's exciting what the next few years will behold. The real entrepreneurs, it's now time for them to shine. Thanks, Nigel. It was a good conversation. I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the conversation with David. If you did too, please share it with a friend. Have a fantastic week. We'll be back next week in another episode. Stay true to yourself. Keep hustling. Keep scaling. Keep doing great things.